If you're, if you're listening to this and you want to start a podcast, please start the podcast. Like stop making excuses, start the podcast. What are you waiting for? Hey friend, it's David Nabinski here in Brooklyn. Here at Portfolio Career Podcast, we help you take ownership of your portfolio career and design the life that you want to live. Today's conversation is with Jen Glantz. Jen is owner of a business called Bridesmaid for Hire, a three-time nonfiction author, podcast host, and the creator of Odd Jobs Newsletter and The First Years of Marriage. In this episode, we'll talk about the benefits of Odd Jobs, how to find them, how to build a portfolio career by sharing your ideas, uh, sharing your work online. Jen has been writing and creating on the internet for many years, and I'm excited for you to learn about the benefits of consistency as well. As always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There, you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which has the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced job opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Jen. Hey, Jen. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. So I got a little bit of confession while we're getting started here. Um, I think I'm kind of odd. Oh, tell me more about that. You know, I just, I don't know. There's something about me. I just think that I'm, I'm weird. I'm odd. I'm different or something, or I'm unique or like, um, I don't know. Have you ever felt that way? You know, I honestly, I feel that way every second of every day, but I really, and I know I'm biased, but I really believe that most people are odd. They just work so hard to not show it and not admit it. But I think if you get to know anybody really well, they're odd. Hmm. How do you, is there certain questions or is there things that you like to do to try to better get to know people and see their oddness and weirdness? I think anybody who knows me would say that my superpower is I could meet anybody and spend 30 minutes with them on a park bench and find out the oddest thing about them, the oddest story, the oddest secret. That is my go-to party trick. And it annoys people because I'll just question you, but I like to get to the root of what makes a person different and unique because I've always been a little odd. And for so much of my life, I thought I had to hide it or be embarrassed by it. And now I'm like, no, 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 this is who I am. I don't hide it. And I want to know what makes you odd. So I love the word, first of all, but I truly think everybody is a little strange. I think I have like weird eating habits. Um, and I wonder if like, that's, I don't know, there's like, probably there's some things that you do that like some people would think those odds, but the, that like creates consistency in my life for me. And then I'm like, okay, can try to have more flexibility in other areas, et cetera. But I'm not sure if you've kind of pattern seen patterns of like, okay, some things are people are odd in certain things, but other things they're really not. And well, I think like probably what makes your eating habits odd can translate into how you might be odd in other areas. So what makes your eating habits odd? Or do you not eat certain foods? Do you eat foods weird ways? Uh, not to my knowledge, I've ever had a pickle. And Jen's smiling. I think she might be a pickle lover. I'm not, I don't know. I'm just trying how? to quickly. How? <laughs> this is getting really awkward. I hope that this <laughs> podcast continues. I might take it back. No. Um, I think it's the texture. I think it's the smell. Um, And so anyways, that's pickles. I think a lot of other foods though, I think I eat on a more consistent basis, probably for more like, I don't know, for lack of a better word, kind of like efficiency, Yeah. like not wanting to make more uh, more decisions. 
um, because like there's so many other things we're making decisions on. So, um, so yeah, that's about the food. But see, I think if you pick that apart, it could show you how you are in certain areas of your life, right? Like you said, efficiency, you said all of these things. So I would like to psychoanalyze you to be like, okay, how does that translate into other areas? I'm also odd with food. I only eat like three things and that shows you many things about me. I'm very stubborn. I'm very picky. I know what I want and that's all I want. So it converts into all of these different other aspects of your oddities. Hmm. All right. I love this. Okay. But it sounds like you're also odd. Well, it's an interesting word. Um, and maybe sometimes could be considered a triggering word. It also can be connected to unique and special and different. And I think we're all special, unique and different and odd can, and I love how you're kind of, I think like using odd as like a gift for people and, and, um, but is that, is that how you think about it, Jen? I think so. And I think, you know, a big problem I have is our whole life, we're so trained to stay on the same path as everybody else. You know, it comes with marriage and dating. Everyone is so trained. They have to get married. They have to do this. They have to do that. It's the same thing with our careers, right? Like our whole life, we go to school and we're told you need to pick this major. You need to do this for the rest of your life. But very few people know at a young age what they want. So our whole life, we're trained to not tap into what makes us unique, to not tap into what makes us weird or unusual or who we are. We're tapped into telling ourselves that we have to sort of be like everybody else. And when we step away from that a little bit, that other people might judge us. And I think this happened like in my career early on is I got laid off from my full-time job in 2015. And then I leaned into my business. I leaned into freelancing and side hustles. And people in my life thought that was very strange back then. They, they kept telling me to get a real job. They kept telling me to focus. Meanwhile, I was happy. I was making money. I was, I was feeling great. But because that was such an unusual path in my life, I felt like people were judging me. So I think that's why I'm suddenly becoming such an advocate for odd. <laughs> the word odd is because I'm just so angry that so much of our life we're taught not to lean into that. And so those side hustles or odd jobs or odd projects um, that you were doing in 2015, 2016, how, uh, and obviously that led to some books and a lot of other different things, but how are those people thinking about those projects and those things now? Um, are they, yeah. Yeah. I don't know because I think as I became more and more of an entrepreneur and started doing more and more of my own things, I stopped paying attention to more and more of the negativity because I was really feeling happy in my career and my life and so focused on what I wanted. And, you know, I'm somebody who's been writing for the internet since 2011. I'm somebody who has, you know, a lot of social media. I get a lot of really negative, nasty comments from people. And at some point you have to make the decision to stop listening to them or when they're told to you to stop letting them have any weight in your life. So I don't honestly know. I mean, I'm sure there's people who would look at my life. I, I do have friends now look at everything I'm doing and they're like, pick one thing, Jen. And I'm just like, why? You know, life is is not forever. And yes, I do, you know, a lot of different things, but I'm happy with that. And I'm, you know, and, and I'm I'm leaning into that. Okay. And um, so odd, odd jobs um, recently kind of started some new projects related to this. Uh, talk to us a little bit about kind of guess it was maybe earlier this summer, a couple of months ago, you just said, I want to start a newsletter and here's why. 
So I started the newsletter, Odd Jobs newsletter, because I had started my business, Bridesmaid for Hire, in 2014. And that is like the oddest job of them all. People hire me to actually be their bridesmaid. And I've been doing that job for so long. It's awesome. But along the way, I started realizing that people kept asking me the same question, which was, how did I start this job? How did I come with the, up with this idea? And I realized people were asking me that question, not because they wanted to be bridesmaid for hire, but because they were working these careers that weren't satisfying, that weren't fulfilling, that were based on what they had majored in in school 10 years ago. And they wanted something different and unusual. So I decided to create a newsletter called Odd Jobs Newsletter, where every week I pick a theme. So this week is all about how to make jobs. Well, last week was all how to make jobs while you're asleep. This week's all about how to have an odd job if you love dogs. And my goal was not to just be like, here's the odd jobs you can apply for, but to really be like, okay, here's how you can really get into these worlds. So I always found that, you know, I was someone who fell into entrepreneurship. I never knew this path would be for me. And as I've grown more into it, I wanted to find a million different ways to help other people because I just don't believe that your life should be boring. And if you want to do something different, I want to help you learn how. And it, it sounds like to the point is like, it is a little bit, it's hard because there's not as many people are doing it, but uh, wherever there's scarcity, there's value or there's opportunity, you're creating your own path, there's, um, you can be rewarded by it, etc. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, I'm also a proponent of telling people never to quit your job, you know, I'm never saying quit your job and figure it out. But a lot of these odd jobs I put in the newsletter are things you can do after work on the weekends to make some cash and see if you like it and then make a move. So, you know, I just think like I hear from a lot of people that they feel so stuck. They feel like they don't like their job. 85% of people are miserable at their job, but it is so hard to leave. It is so hard to leave. So my goal is to just showcase other options and then hopefully empower people to say, Hey, here's how you can make that leave if you want. Okay. Uh, and what was, you know, as somebody, as you mentioned, like has a lot of ideas, uh, works on a lot of different things, like how do you look at different projects? Is there, you know, a decision matrix or is there, yeah. How do you kind of analyze ideas and say, you know, this feels good today, but is it going to feel, I I've done something like this in the past. And, um, do you have any kind of framework or something like that, Jen? You know, I have my core projects that I work on every day, every year. That's the bridesmaid for hire. That's some of my writing, that's some of my consulting and coaching. And then I find that once a year, if not more, I start something new. So a couple of years ago was my podcast. This was a year, you know, after a long pandemic where I just found myself flooded with ideas and I tapped into things that really made me feel inspired. I think you need to have a core mission. You need to know who you want to be the hero to and for what. And I want to be the hero to for people who feel stuck in their life, who don't know what their path is, who know they want to do something, but they don't know how. I want to be the hero to those people. And how do I want to be the hero to them? I want to put out as much as I can to help inspire and empower them and do that in a way that is free to them. So when I was thinking about building projects this year, I thought about, okay, how can I serve those people, those people who feel stuck in their life right now? Well, I'm someone who works an odd job and I'm someone who likes odd things. So this newsletter felt like it fit my personal mission. There are some times where I think of these really crazy ideas, but it doesn't really fit my mission, my interests or what I want to do. So I don't do them. So I think, you know, if you're somebody who's constantly thinking of ideas, but you're not sure which one to pursue, 
Well, number one, go with the one that's driving you crazy. Like it's keeping you up at night. You're talking about it in your sleep. You can't give it up, but then also go with the one that meets your personal mission as a human being, which is who do you want to be the hero to and for what? Everybody should know the answer to those questions. Who do you want to be the hero to and for what? That, that's, yeah, that is like, you know, a great question to ask anybody because most people don't know the answer, but once you do, you figure out your audience and you figure out your purpose and you could blend those two together to be anything, a podcast, a book, a newsletter, or how you volunteer. But I think you almost need that as your North star. Okay. People are like myself are thinking about that more and more right now. Um, and so you mentioned, you know, you kind of look for a new project each year, got your core things. Um, you mentioned podcasting, how did, and you said you started writing on internet in 2011, 2012, um, but also on the newsletter part, I think it's really powerful to, to, to remind people that like you started with zero subscribers, right? Always. Yes. I started, so I started writing in 2011 for my blog. I had one reader, which was my mom. Then I had two readers because my dad started reading it and that was it. And I've started that. I started my first newsletter seven years ago. The Pick Me Up newsletter had zero subscribers. You always start with zero. And the majority of people give up when they can't get to 100. That is the hardest benchmark. And that is where we lose most people. But here's the thing. That takes time. That is what separates everybody who's trying to do something from the people who become successful. You cannot give up if you go from zero and you can't get to 100. The same thing with a podcast or anything you start. You know, people think that when they start something, everyone's going to care about it right off of the bat. And if they don't, they give up. Here's the thing. Nobody's going to care about it right off of the bat. That's what's supposed to happen because during that time, you're supposed to innovate, change, grow, figure it out hustle really hard to get people to care. And that takes so much work, but that's the game. It's very rare that people put something out and people are attracted to it. So, you know, that's just the truth. Like I started Odd Jobs Newsletter in July with zero subscribers. And I have had to find a thousand different ways to build this list to get people to care, but that's part of starting a newsletter. So I think like my biggest piece of advice is whatever you're starting, don't expect people to care. They won't care, but use that time to continue to push on because eventually when they do start caring, that's when you've gotten really good and then you'll really take off. Love that. Cool. And some, some examples of things that I've seen, I guess you did also did have some um, kind of giveaways and some kind of sweepstakes and stuff with the newsletter. So uh, I thought that that was, um, those are ways to kind of experiment, try different things and also kind of, you know, build a, build a community, build loyal fans and stuff like that. Unfortunately, I didn't win. Um, this is awkward. Uh, me, um, you know, wondering why I didn't win, but now obviously it's a, it's a lottery. Um, and hopefully there's more sweepstakes in the future. Yeah. I appreciate that. I think, um, you know, I think I've been trying everything to grow these newsletters and I, I pride myself on that. I like to do things that don't cost me much money. So a lot of my growth tactics are things I do for free. One of them is giveaway. You know, part of my giveaway was giving away my own books or things I already had. Um, but I did a giveaway that was for free. I've done, um, you know, social media that's free. I've done podcasts, like things like that to get the word out there. So I think another barrier of entry for people is that it costs them a lot of money to start something. I pride myself on starting things for no money. I like to spend no 
money and, and make things grow. There's so many free tools out there. So even if your budget is zero or $50, there's so many things you can do. You just need to access the free tools. And there's so many. I did my giveaway on something called King Sumo. It's a free giveaway platform. Canva.com is my best friend for graphics and everything like that. So, you know, there's just like free tools like that, that honestly have saved me thousands of dollars. And then I've gotten you to the hundred. I love that. The um, I remember kind of getting closer. Well, like, so my first, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, 60 episodes or something like that. It was, you know, kind of a, a grind, a slog, so to speak. Um, yeah. And I didn't. And then as I started getting around then, I think people were like, hey, you're getting close to a hundred. And I was like, oh, but like, there is something magical to other people about a hundred. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, just wanted to kind of confirm what I, what I saw about a hundred and yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, my mantra in my entire life is never give up. And I think if you were going to start something for yourself, you have to be your biggest cheerleader, your biggest supporter, and you can't give up on it. There's so many people with great ideas, but they stop because no one's caring. doesn't mean no one's ever going to care. It just means they don't care right now, but they will care. So I think that's just like a big thing I see. And I wish more people would push on, push forward, find people who can give them all the tricks and tips they've learned um, to really just help them succeed. And it's also like with each new project gets easier, like the next one. So um, you can keep being consistent on certain things and then add new things. And the thing that you're consistent on is a lot easier after the hundred reps, et cetera. Exactly. And, you know, you can then feed into other projects to get people to care and to promote. So I think like it always does get easier. You just get more exhausted, I think is the key to it all. But I think like, you know, the thing about life, like I'm the kind of person, if I have a goal, if I want to do something, I just do it because I really don't believe that we're going to be here forever. I live life with this like really tough urgency that I don't recommend anyone lives with, but I'm the kind of person who doesn't put things off. And that's good. That's bad. That's stressful. But I just think if you are somebody who wants to try something, if you're, if you're listening to this and you want to start a podcast, please start the podcast. Like stop making excuses, start the podcast. What are you waiting for? Um, and I just, I, I wish more people had a little bit of that urgency because you don't know what's going to happen in your life. And there's never going to be the right time to do anything. Tough urgency. Hmm. And so then the I mean, I agree. Like I wasn't necessarily like waiting and waiting for, to start a podcast. And then like, there just was an email about it. And I was just like, this just feels right. And then just kind of kept going, but yeah, I love that. Yeah. I think, um, I just, I, I think, you know, the tricky thing is we're always waiting. We're always waiting. We're always waiting. There's nothing to wait for. There's, you know, there's, there's no good time right now is the best time. And talk to us a little bit about, you mentioned some consulting and some coaching and stuff like that. Talk to us a little bit about kind of either cycles or arcs or things like that. You mentioned the hundred episodes in terms of like maybe building an audience and things like that, but any other takeaways from, you know, sharing ideas and being active on social and stuff like that for uh, many years now? You know, I think when it comes to social media, that scares a lot of people because you think you have to show up, you have to showcase your whole life. You know, I think before you ever do anything with your personal brand, whether it's social media, a podcast, a blog, a newsletter, you have to have boundaries as to what you share and how you share it and what you never share. 
you know, I am somebody, I've been writing about my personal life since 2011, a lot of details of it. Most people who, who have followed me think they know me, but they only know maybe 65% of me. There's still a part of my life I don't show, I don't tell, and that's okay. And I feel comfortable with that. So, you know, I think when a lot of people shy away from social media, it's because they're so scared they're going to let people into their, their life and their life might be messier than they want people to know. But set boundaries, show what you want to show and also be authentic. You know, I think people don't relate to people when they're trying to be somebody else. So be yourself, show up as you are. Don't study someone else's social media and copy and paste that. I think I have been successful in building a, a, an audience by showing up as Jen Glance, which is really exactly who I am. You know, if you meet me in real life, this is who I am. I just have more parts of my life I don't showcase, right? But I'm authentic. I'm never copying anybody else. And I think because people have been able to get to know me on that level, they trust me more. They understand me more. And they're willing to maybe adapt to some of my new products or, or newsletters I put out there because they've gotten to know me. So I think that that's important. I don't love the word authentic because I don't really think that means, it means a million different things. But I think it's like, figure out who you are and figure out how you're going to show up like that when you show up on the internet. And was there different moments where you said, okay, now, you know, more people started asking me for coaching, you know, uh, I started learning people were pushing me for book ideas and any kind of takeaways there that kind of stood out to somebody that. Yeah. You know, I think it was like, I started looking at my inbox and my DMS and this was probably like six years ago. And people would ask me if I was doing coaching or if I was doing consulting and I wasn't, I didn't even think about doing that. So I started doing that at a very basic low level back then and have since really grown that and have taken on more people, more corporate clients and things like that. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's personally really good to always have a coach or a mentor, whether it's somebody you pay for or somebody who is mentoring you um, because they just are. But I think it's good to have somebody who keeps you accountable, who gives you ideas, who helps you sort things out. Uh, and I, and I am that person for so many people and it's not people who want to be me or who want to do what I'm doing, but it's people who understand my background, what I've done, my attitude, and they want someone with my attitude, which I think is important. You know, if someone called me and they're like, Jen, I want to work with you because I want to do everything you're doing. I would say, no, you don't. And it's not going to work between us, you know, but if you like my attitude, you like the way that I approach things then yeah, I think I could help you with whatever you're trying to accomplish. So I think if you're looking for a coach or a mentor, yeah, find someone who has done the general things you want to do, but also find someone whose personality and approach you really respond well to. Okay. And as the, um, um, has like with all the different projects or the content that you put out, like, have you been able, how have you been able to kind of create systems, I guess, or processes of like, okay, if I have this creative idea, I'm going to put it into the newsletter or I'm going to put, I'm going to write a blog about this, or I'm going to podcast about this. Uh, maybe talk to us about some of that of lessons learned from that of like, okay, I'm going to start sharing things online, but then um, like, I don't want to be overwhelmed. How can I find efficiencies? How can I, et cetera. I wouldn't say that that area is something I excel in. I would say that I am somebody who loves paper and pen. So I will show you, but I have like notebooks and notebooks and, and, and highlighters. And I, and you saw my walls, I have tons of sheets of paper on my wall. So, you know, I am not somebody who has all these apps, all these programs, all this organization. I am so paper organized and it works for me. So I've got different lists, different, I, I have lists for ideas, lists for things to do, lists of social media posts. Like I have lists everywhere that if something happened to this apartment, I'd be in a lot of trouble. So 
that's what works for me, you know, and I've always been the kind of person who functions so well with lists and highlighters. So I've got a ton of highlighters and that's sort of how I function. But I think having organized sections of your life where you can be like, okay, here's what I want to accomplish. Here's what I want to achieve is good. More importantly, what's worked really well for me this year is I have a win list on my wall over here. And every single month I've wrote down like five wins of my life for that month. And that's been really cool because the year's almost over and I look at that and I remember, wow, I've done a lot. And these things aren't like giant accomplishments. Sometimes it's like, oh, I, I got to see that friend who I haven't seen in a year and a half. So by keeping your wins close to you, it it grounds you and it allows you to see, hey, you've done more than you think as somebody who's an entrepreneur, I spend a lot of time by myself and that gets lonely. It gets defeating. It gets confusing. So it's really important to have practices around you that allow you to, to maintain this motivation and also this idea of, oh, you are doing something every day because you don't have a boss who's like, nice job, Jen, you get a raise. You're the boss. And sometimes you're not the greatest boss. So it's good to have those things. Keep the wins close. I love that. I, I've tried to start... Um... Whenever something, yeah, it's even if it's small, I just like put into like notion and I'm just like, okay, got to remember this because then maybe it's the end of the year and everyone's always like, reflect on what happened over the past year or, and it's like, you know, the small things as kind of, we were talking about before the small things in the moment can really change your day or make you smile, make you laugh, make you feel a certain way, but like they might not show up on the to-do list, or they might not show up on the kind of stat sheet. If you, you know, want to use like a sports analogy, but in the moment you're like, they took your breath away or they made you feel a certain way. Um, so keeping the winds close allows you to like, just log it quickly. Yeah. And I think, you know, keeping it an eye level close so that you can look and be like, Oh, wow. You know, this feels, it feels good. So I think like having something that you could actually visually see is so important. Um, as you know, we're on a podcast, you've got a podcast. Um, I've loved podcasting. I think it's been incredible, uh, for me, um, in many different ways. Um, how, how have you been thinking about your podcast going forward? Talk to us a little, like your, your show has, is a little bit different, uh, in the sense mm-hmm. that you also share a lot more of your own ideas. Um, yeah. talk to us a little bit about how like the podcast has been helpful in your, uh, in your business and your work. Yeah. So I started the podcast. You're not getting any younger over four years ago now. And I started it because I'd always wanted to do something that was free for my audience and also a way to just give them access to whatever I had access to. So I invited a lot of guests on. It's a weekly show. We're almost at our 200th episode, but more recently this year, I've stopped doing a lot of guests and instead started doing more short episodes of motivation, advice, pick-me-ups, things like that. Why did I do that? Because, you know, we live in a year where people are sort of all over the place. So I wanted to make my episodes a little shorter, but also, you know, there's a lot of interview podcasts out there and they're excellent. And I've almost at episode 200 that I figured I want to take a break from showcasing everybody else and showcase some of me too. So that's sort of been the updated format of the podcast, but I think starting a podcast is one of the best things you can do, not only to help you give something to your audience of value, but to meet people, but also exercise your own personal voice and your public speaking and your presence and allow people to get to know you. So they're really easy to start. They're easier than people think they are to start. And if you are somebody who's listening and wants to start one, you absolutely should, because 
Another big misconception is that there's so many podcasts out there. There's actually not. There's only 850,000 active ones in the whole world. That sounds like a lot, but it's not. There's millions of podcasts out there that have started but no longer exist. I think the average podcast does two episodes and then stops forever. So again, if you're someone who wants to get into podcasting and you make it past episode 100, that is incredible, right? So that's a goal that you can totally achieve. And you'd be, um, you know, you would rank higher than most other podcasts out there, which is super cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there was, uh, it's really cool. Of like, just like doing the work, like, and how, you know, it doesn't seem big. I mean, this is obviously a lot of fun and this is special and stuff like that, but like the more and more like episodes you do, then like you, you reach different levels and you're like, I was just having a chat with someone. I just kept doing that for weeks and weeks. What are you talking about? That this is like something like unique. Yeah. It's fun. It's like a, it's also, I think it's so fun, especially in this world we live in where everyone's sort of still home right now, you know, you get to meet different people and have fun conversations. And yeah, I think it's been something that I've always really loved. And it's something that could be easy for me to stop doing, but I won't. And I really enjoy it. And I'm excited to hit my 200th episode this year. Part of your celebration for that? You know, my friend Molly, who was on your show, she told me last night that she wants to interview me for the 200th episode. And it's funny because she was the first person I ever interviewed for the podcast. And it was so bad. It was so rough. So I will agree to have her on for 200 and that'll be fun. Wow. Can't wait to listen. That's going to be cool. Um, well, sweet. Um, anything else you think that we missed, Jen, for people that are, you know, trying to take more ownership of their career, trying to find odd jobs, um, just trying to be more, you know, happy about the stuff that they're doing and, and anything else you think that we missed, Jen? Somebody asked me a question the other day that I couldn't answer. And I couldn't stop thinking about that. I think I want to ask everybody I ever meet. And the question is what fascinates you? It was so hard for me to answer that question. And I think if you can answer that question, it tells you what you need to tap more into, into your life. I couldn't answer the question, but I was inspired. It was in a, I was taking a class and other people in the class shared what fascinated them. And it was fascinating because a lot of the things people mentioned weren't like these grand ideas. It was just everyday things. I got actually got mad at my husband because he answered that question. He was like, what fascinates me is when we wake up in the morning and walks and like all these things, I was like, no, you need to think bigger. You need to have these grand things that fascinate you. But truthfully, if you know what fascinates you, I think you have direction in your life. And maybe for people who feel stuck and want to change careers, start with that question. See how you answer it. Amazing. All right, Jen. Um, well, this was such a treat. Thank you so much. Please let listeners know uh, where they can learn more, stay in touch, and um, and so much more. Yeah, you can find me at jenglance.com on social media at jenglance and check out the Odd Jobs newsletter at oddjobsnewsletter.com or youareodd.com. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Thanks, Jen. Bye-bye. Hey friend, thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Portfolio Career Podcast. Would love to hear what you learned and what you enjoyed. Um, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever is best for you. And as a reminder, I'm just one email away as well. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away which includes the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced opportunities. 
So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.